0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have two very special guests with me today. They have been on the podcast before. They are the wonderful women behind Replace Denver BSL. So um, ladies, if you guys want to go ahead and just reintroduce yourselves in case people aren't familiar with you. So
1: uh, Quinn, if you want to go first. Sure. Hi, hello. Uh, my name is Quinn. I live in Denver. I've lived here for three years. I'm co leader, co founder of Replace Denver BSL. So happy you're here. Happy okay, Shira, Shira, tell us about yourself.
2: Hi, my name is Shira, and I am co-leader and co-founder of Replace Denver BSL, and I lived in the Denver area for uh, two years and am currently transplanted to Pennsylvania until I complete law school, upon which time I will return.
0: Amazing! Okay, so everyone listening, if you didn't listen to their previous episode, you can learn more about them and the story behind Replace Denver BSL, but in today's episode, we are going to update you and tell you what you can do to help us. So, um whoever wants to take this is fine, but can you just kind of recap where we're at in kind of the saga of,
1: of Replace for BSL? It is a saga. Um, okay, I'll take it. Um, so to recap very quickly, um, Sheer and I started this two and a half, three years, almost three years ago now, two and a half years ago. Um, it went to a vote in February, our new ordinance to allow Pipples to reside in Denver. Um, We wanted city council to vote on it and pass it. We got eight votes, um, which you need nine votes to have it so it passes without the mayor vetoing it. And um, the mayor vetoed. So that was very tragic. We were very sad. It was a very sad day. It was uh, Valentine's Day, actually, that he vetoed. um, Forever ruined for all of time. Um, And then we are still working with Councilman Herndon, bringing it to council again, which we did about a month ago to have it uh, be passed to put on the November 3rd election, I'm sorry, the November 3rd ballot. And it passed all 13 council members, passed it to put it on the ballot, which means the mayor mayor cannot veto it. And it's on the November 3rd ballot for the voters um, of Denver to decide.
0: Woo! Okay, so Cher, I want to hear from you on this. Okay, I I found it was so interesting because like, you know, I only went to one of the city council meetings. I went to the one after the veto. And like hearing the city council members talk, it was very weird because I felt like there was so much like conflicting information and like some of them are like, but what about off-leash dogs? And we're like, we're talking about pit bulls, but breed specific legislation. But um, I think it's remarkable that everyone voted to put it on the ballot.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think honestly what really came out at that meeting is that the City Council, there are certain members on it who just don't want to touch this issue. They just don't want to have to be on record because there's such an innate fear that they'll vote to pass this legislation and then there will be a severe dog bite in their district. And while I can understand that fear, I also think it was just an unfair decision to make. I'm very excited that now Denver voters are going to get a second chance to make their voices heard on this. But I truly think that that's why it got pushed to the ballot.
0: Right, because no one wanted to take liability for their decision.
2: Exactly. And that's why the issue has been so untouchable in Denver for so many years, because it's so controversial and energy and tempers get so high around it that people really find it difficult to pay attention to what facts are legitimate, what facts are actually propaganda, masked in some fancy science terms, um, and nobody wants to be on the hook for somebody else's injury.
0: Well, and I feel like the anti-pit organization has funding
2: Oh yeah, for certain. They really do, and they have a pretty strong insidious reach. And also, I would say, to give some credit where credit is due, one thing that came up at the city council meeting is that there is a big problem with off-leash dogs in Denver, and there's a lot of fervor and stress about it, particularly in specific neighborhoods. And that's completely legitimate. It's just also completely separate from the issue of breed-specific legislation and its effects on the city. So it was a huge shame that we were the reason that the off-leash issue came to light because it deserves a completely separate and vital conversation.
0: Oh my God, it truly does, right? And I, oh, it was, it was a little like heartbreaking, like, but you guys are missing the point. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, and I don't know, it's so interesting, but I'm, I'm hopeful. How are you guys feeling
1: hope, like about the city of Denver voting? We're feeling really good. Yeah, we're feeling really good, really confident. Um, I think to, to go off of what Shira was saying, you know, that city council didn't want to be responsible to pass this originally. So what they did was they failed to listen to the people of Denver that were telling them that they wanted it. So we already know that they want this um, and we're very confident that it'll pass. So we're excited.
2: Yeah, what about you, Shira? I feel the exact same way. The thing is Denver loves their dogs (laughs) and there's been a huge demographic shift over the last 30 years and the people who are coming into Denver who are going to be voting in this election um, are typically pet owners and they are not typically people who grew up in the era of BSL and they don't understand what the original purpose was, but they do understand that it's not working for Denver anymore. So I'm really excited to see Denver voters come out and uh, really show that to the city. And I have faith,
0: I have faith in Denver voters. Okay, because, okay, let's be real. Denver voted to legalize marijuana. Denver voted, voted to legalize hallucinogenic mushrooms. Like, I feel like we, I feel like pit bulls, easy, easy no vote. Get those out of the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so oh. what Shira also did was she, she dropped a little, a little tidbit for you. Um, actually our campaign slogan is going to be Denver loves dogs so that we definitely can say and we're very excited we were like so happy when we were all brainstorming and someone brought it up and we're like it's a no-brainer Denver loves dogs that's going to be our slogan that's going to be our campaign name we're very excited about it
0: it's genius and it's so freaking true Right? Like, I forget how spoiled we are to live in such, like, a dog-friendly city when I go other places. You know, like, I feel like Colorado just in general, but particularly in Denver. And, you know, Denver has taken a lot of changes over the last few years. But to your point, Shira, that has welcomed a whole new voting poll of people who do not have the same hang-ups of, like, some of the old-school thought and mentality surrounding
2: BSL. Absolutely. And I also, I do want to give a shout out to, we have supporters who have been living in Denver for their entire lives for long before this legislation became an issue and during the time where it became an issue. So it's not just the younger voters who recognize that there's an issue. Our older voters have really thought that they were not going to see this change in their lifetime and had given up hope. And they are so excited to get out there and get their voices heard on an issue. They just never thought they could touch. I have well, <laughs>
0: chills, seriously. <laughs> well, and I feel like, you know, in, in the one city council meeting that I attended, there's definitely still, still the fear and hysteria. But like what I gained from that was really the vast majority of people were like, cool. So can we move on and, and pit bulls can just be legal or?
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And so I, as Quinn knows, because I love to talk about it, put together the briefing book for the city and county of Denver. I love looking at the research on this. And Because I couldn't find an actual report that had specified this, I did all this research myself and found out that Denver is the only similarly sized city that still has a breed ban. Most similarly sized cities never even considered a breed ban, but even the ones that did have repealed it by now. We're the only ones still doing it. Why? We are such a liberal, open-minded, forward-thinking city. What are we doing with this archaic legislation?
0: Yeah, no, it 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 doesn't fit it hasn't for a long time. So let's do this. Okay. So Quinn, can you just give for listeners who maybe don't know what the ballot will entail? Can you just do like the short version of like what this looks like in follow through if it gets passed?
1: Yeah. So, um, we are, we were, what we are trying to pass in February is exactly what we're doing now, um, on the ballot. So, um, what it is, it's this ordinance that we created with Councilman Herndon. Um, it states that um, pit bulls will be allowed, pit bull type dogs will be allowed to reside in Denver. Um, they need to have a special permit for the first three years. Um, if there are no in- incidences in those three years, then they are just gonna be like every other dog in this city. Um, they have to be microchipped, spayed and neutered. Um, I'm missing one thing, Shira.
2: Um, I, you're, you're correct with the microchipping and the spay and neutering, and then you just have to make sure that you um, have registered your and your address. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and then um, after five years, it gets brought back to review, um, and then that's it. Yeah, so yeah. only, this is like the number one question that people always ask. What happens after five years? Are they allowed to just go back to this breed ban and all of these dogs have to leave? No, that is not the case. Um, to be able to go back to the breed ban, they would have to do what we have done, which is create a whole new law, um, run it through city council, have it be voted on. Um, so it's a huge process. It's not like with a snap of the finger, um, it would go back to the breed ban. Um, if someone on city council decides to take up that you know, new law in five years, um, they would probably do as they did 30 years ago, which would be, to grandfather in all of the dogs that were registered in those five years. Um, But again, that is like a huge undertaking that they would have to put on and an uproar would happen in Denver if that were the case. Yeah, that's good to know, right? Like what the long-term trajectory looks of it, right? And I feel
0: like it's, it's such a good step in the right direction. It really is. And it's far better than what we're existing in right now. And I think that, you know, I think that there's a lot of heartache because people just want to see it completely repealed. But like, that, that's what you're getting. It's just a little delay. That's all.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And that's the real purpose of putting in the five year clause where the data needs to get reviewed. And that's the only thing that needs to happen in five years is that City Council is required to review the data the DAP is going to collect on this. The real purpose behind including that was to give us a chance at reconsidering and possibly pushing towards repeal. So assuming that the data comes back the way we expect it will, which is a drastic improvement over right now, we are going to be on really good footing to potentially repeal this ban for good. And that is replaced under BSL's endgame.
0: Yes, exactly. And I love how um, you've so thoughtfully laid it out, right? It's amazing. Okay, so I want to talk about how people can support you all in this wonderful mission. So um, let's hear about what Denver residents in particular can be doing, and then we'll kind of talk about like people outside of that scope.
1: Um, so Denver residents, we are doing, obviously, we're in a world of COVID and pandemic. So anything we decide to do in person um, is going to be socially distanced. Um, with sanitizers and masks and then all the um, procedures that we need to do for everyone to be safe. Um, So we have also told our volunteers if they do not feel comfortable with doing an event in person, they do not have to. Um, We want to respect everyone's um, health and um, you know what they feel comfortable with. So with that being said, um, if you're in Denver, we are going to be doing in-person events um, we would love for you to hop on our field team. Um, they're doing a lot more of the outreach, whether that is, um, for example, we're doing a Tennyson First Friday event uh, next Friday, I'm sorry, this Friday, um, or you know, we're planning um, dog training events virtually, or we're doing park cleanups, um, anything to get us out in the community that is safe um, and socially distanced. Um, and so that is a great way for people within Denver to be able to help. Amazing. yeah. Go ahead, Shira.
2: I'd love to hop on that. to synthesize the three basic ways that you can get involved. Volunteer. Just go on our social media and message us and you'll be able to volunteer for us. So volunteer, donate, vote. The donation piece of that, we have a GoFundMe running. um, That's the Replace Denver BSL GoFundMe. If you search Replace Denver BSL GoFundMe on Google, you're going to find us. We're raising money for our campaign push to get the word out in Denver. And then the biggest piece that every single person can and should do is vote in this election. Find our ballot initiative on your ballot and vote yes. Yeah, right. So Denver residents,
0: we're talking specifically to you right? So Shira, really quickly, can you just recap everyone? So Colorado, right? Y'all get your mail-in ballots if that's how you want to do it, which I imagine people want to do during COVID. So Shira, can you just tell them like what to expect as far as that goes?
2: So you're going to get this thick envelope that can be somewhat intimidating that is filled with your ballot and with instructions exactly on how to fill it in, how to fold it up, and how to mail it out. Um, And when you get that ballot, the first thing you're going to see is the presidential vote. And you're going to want to fill it out right away, I imagine, because people tend to feel strongly about that, but here's what I ask you. Flip that ballot over, look through the ballot initiatives, find the word pitbull to find our initiative, vote yes on that first, and then flip her back over and start with the presidential vote and work your way through the rest of that ballot. Um, I was very intimidated filling out my first mail-in ballot, I have to say. Um, And I did find that they actually explained how to handle it pretty clearly. However, I would encourage anybody who's listening, if you get your ballot and you're confused on how to fill it out, please feel free to message us. We will non-biasedly explain to you just the very simple steps of how to fill out your ballot and get it mailed in properly, because every vote is important, whether you're voting for or against us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's what we need to do as a community is support each other. So we're all empowered and we know how to vote. And I think as far as our local community is concerned, the backside of the ballot is where the most important things are anyway. So right, super important to focus on that. And then um, you can mail it in or you can drop it off. I think that, you know, Depending on your timeline, it may be safer just to drop it off, but you all got to do what you got to do. So um, do you know, uh, share off the top of your head, the date when they have to have it mailed by?
2: Um, Earlier is definitely better. I believe that you should have your ballot in hand by the first week of October, and that you should try to get it sent out within days of it arriving at your house, if you want to be absolutely confident that it'll get counted in the election.
1: Yes, amazing. And I'm not sure about mail-in, um, but I know drop-off is usually, it would be November 3rd, 7 p.m. for drop-off. But mail-in, I'm, I'm unclear. We'll have to do some research.
0: Yeah. And um, so I live in Adams County, and um, they are very clear about where the drop-off locations are. Like, they're super easy to find. So you can do that. And I always just do that because who knows what happens in the mail sometimes. And We can't afford to not vote for legalizing pit bulls. So here we are.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So um, people can help support in-person stuff. So do you need virtual
2: volunteers as well? Yeah. So anybody all over the country can volunteer. And actually the one nice thing about everything having recently gone Virtual is that we have a lot more work for um, out-of-state volunteers or even out-of-city volunteers. So please feel free to sign up. I also think that one of the best things that people can do who don't wanna be on an official volunteer team but wanna be a good spokesperson for this is to learn as much as they can about Replace Denver BSL and about this particular issue. There's a lot of misinformation flying around. I just want to highlight one quick thing from the proposal, if that's all right, um, which is, Quinn mentioned the special permit or license that pit bull owners need. Every single dog in Denver is supposed to have a license. There's been a lot of misunderstanding that only pit bull owners will have to license their dogs. And that's not the case. All dog owners have to license their dogs and our license is simply going to be tracked differently than the average license. And also after 36 months, the pit bull license can become a regular dog license if your dog has no safety incidents with Denver Animal Protection. So that's the type of misinformation that if you learn about Replace Denver BSL, when you hear people talk about it, you'll be able to be a good spokesperson for the organization, for the ballot initiative, and the breed. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right. Having our facts clear so people understand what's going to happen. Yeah, I love that. So um, I think I, I'd love just to hear a little bit more. So the money y'all are raising, how are you trying to use that to help the community understand why they
2: should vote? Yes. I'll let our fundraising queen talk about that first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so their our goal to run a very bare bones campaign is $50,000 which i know i'm sure people are listening like that's crazy amount of money um, it is but if you look at these any other campaign any other presidential campaign it's millions upon millions so to run a bare bone campaign we're wanting to raise 50,000 um a big chunk of that is going to um, our consulting firm they're fantastic they're great they've set up the whole political campaign Um, They do this for a living, Um, so a big majority is going to that. Um, The things that we're going to be spending most of our money on, texting. Texting is huge. No one answers their phone anymore. We are going to be texting voters, so that's going to be a huge uh, amount of money that we're going to invest in. Another one is going to be boosting our social media to directly target um, Denver residents. Um, and we'll be doing that over the course of the next two months. So those two things are, or I should say those three things are going to be the most amount of money we're going to be spending in this campaign. Um, Obviously we're going to be doing some literature, so we're going to be doing some handouts, but we're probably not going to be doing mailers. Um, Just a fun fact for everyone, um, to be able to have it stick in your brain, you need to have at least three mailers sent to your house, which means we would have to do it three times. And sending a mailer is the most expensive thing you can do in a campaign, which a lot of people don't um don't know. So we're probably not going to do those. And we're going to focus on digital, which is texting, social media. And then obviously our volunteers are going to be everywhere. That's a smart,
0: that's a smart financial decision. Like let's really target where we're going to get the most value for our money. And okay, I mean on the mailer front, like I never even look at them. I always just throw them away. I don't even bring them in my house, right? That's why you need to do
1: it three times because you're going to see it three times over the course of like one month and then it's going to be like, oh, wait, I think I've seen this before. It's
0: crazy how quickly you can just subconsciously change people's behavior. Wow. Okay, but anyways, (laughs) back back to the point. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so I love that. I think that that's a, a really brilliant use. I think the text messages is genius, right? I've been a- answering a lot of text messages about
1: voting recently. But anyways, so um, where are you guys at with your fundraising goal? So we as a campaign, or I'm sorry, we as an organization have raised just over 13,000, um, which is really exciting. And I literally can't scream it from the rooftops like enough. Um thank you like thank you so much this is insane and um our supporters are amazing um and so we've raised um just over 13,000 and then we have other people that we are working with and they have raised actually they've raised just around 13,000 so we're about 26,000 oh my gosh halfway there a little more than halfway yeah. there that's so amazing yeah. okay so go
0: ahead
2: shira i just want to put in a plug thank you rachel that Um, If you decide to donate to this campaign, when we win, yeah, I'm putting that out into the universe, when we win, you will have done your part in changing Denver's law. Think for a second about how impactful that is. You will be literally having a voice in Denver's history through donating to this campaign, and I just think that's magnificent.
0: Oh my god, truly, okay? What what is it 31 years now that BSL has been in act in Denver? Yep. All right, it's time people and changing laws takes money. It just does. I know that sometimes it's hard for people to be like, "Oh my god, that's a lot of money." Yes, right? Change takes a lot of money, and that can be accomplished so easily if lots of people can just make contribute what they have. Um okay, and I think even outside of financial do- donations, um, y'all, social media game. whoo! I mean, I love it. Every day, I'm just like, yes, ladies, yes. So um, that's so simple. It is so easy. Literally, just click share, and you can into the universe of the interwebs can share the mission. Um, do you guys have
2: any other like short, um, easy things people can do to help you? I would say, yeah, donate, share. Um, particularly on our newly revamped Twitter. You can hop on there and follow us. Also, we're going to have a lot of different interactive things coming up on our social media, like different quizzes um, different competitions to submit photos to. So get involved in that. Have some fun with that. Um, order some merch for yourself. Our merch will be launching soon, and maybe even by the time this podcast airs, so you can get something to rep replace Denver BSL. Write it on the windshield of your car in some brain friendly car paint so that people can see that you want to vote yes on this ballot initiative. Literally everything you do to get the word out is going to help us win in November. Oh my God. It's yes. Oh, I like your idea. I am going to get some, um, uh,
0: is it chalk paint? I don't know. I'm going to write that on my card.
1: Window paint.
0: Window paint. So simple, right? Because I think it's just literally not even on some voters' radar right? Like they just are completely unaware of it. There's a lot going on in the world right now. (laughs) Right? Okay. So um, something else that I've observed, right, is I've seen um, maybe just one person, maybe two people who are like, I will, I make this product and I, if you buy it, I donate a proceed. I saw the turquoise and pink snuffle mats. Like I think that that's a really creative way to contribute too, right? And I know that a lot of people listening are dog trainers. So maybe you do like a webinar on a topic and you donate a proceed to replace number BSL. Like I think that there's a lot of creative ways for even some of those of you listening who are not dog trainers. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you can create custom pieces and donate a proceed. I think that there's a lot of of creative ways to um you know meet your bottom line right and have a high quality of life but
2: also donate some proceeds where they need to go. I think that's such a great point and I would ask you know I know that everybody's listening to the podcast you have on um, your own work your own business and there is a way that that can be related to your work with Replaced Denver BSL, no matter how far out it seems. If you're a photographer, we're looking for photographers for events to take free pictures of people and their pups. If you work in a warehouse, we might be able to use that warehouse for a fun socially distanced event that supports Replaced Denver BSL. If you're a writer, we could use help having op-eds for newspapers. There are so many different ways that you can get involved. And if you can't think of it, just email us, let us know what your talents are and how much time you have, and we can figure out a way to get you as part of the, Denver BSL family.
0: Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So um, tell all my listeners, how can they connect with
1: you? Like, okay. So major um, social media platforms, yes. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just you can find us at Replace Denver BSL. You can email us at Replace Denver BSL at gmail.com. Um, you can go on our website, which is www.replacedenverbsl.com. Um, send That's us a message.org. I mean, you can send me a carrier pigeon. Like, I, wh- however, you want to get a hold of us. I, we eat, breathe, and live this for the next. I don't even want to say, like, yes, it's going to be two months, but people are going to start voting in a month and a half. A month and a half. That is crazy. It is craziness. I can't even say it out loud without freaking out a little bit. So, like, it is crunch time, people. Time. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. And then GoFundMe is where the um, money for the campaign is being raised. Yes. Correct. Amazing. Correct. Okay. So beautiful listeners. I will include links to all of the things she just mentioned. So it will be absolutely impossible for you not to connect with them. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Ladies, any final thoughts on
1: what people can do to support, um, replacing Denver BSL? I mean, I love Shira's three points, volunteer, donate, vote. Simple as that. Ladies, thank you as always. Thank
0: you so much. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore nco. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreoncom dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out. on any future episodes and if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me you could leave a five-star review over on apple Podcasts to help more like-minded individuals find us